Welcome to the Dripping in Black podcast, where we celebrate Black excellence throughout the Black diaspora. Here's your host, David V. Lewis. What's up, good people all across the world? This is the Dripping in Black podcast. I am your host, David V. Lewis. And per usual, we have another fantastic guest who represents Black excellence all across the world. Today's guest is Latasha Allen. Latasha, say hello to the world. Hello, world. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And so those of us, those of you all that have been following us, you know that we are all about showcasing Black excellence throughout the Black diaspora. And Latasha is one of those people we're going to get into what she does and what makes her so excellent. But let's begin with our first question that we like to ask all of our guests, and that is, who are they? So who is Latasha Allen? Hmm, that is most definitely, um, that's a deep question. I would have to say that um, I'm a Black woman. I'm a Black woman. I'm a I'm a black woman. I'm a mother. I'm a friend. Um, I'm a daughter. Uh, I'm a professional. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I would say. Uh, I'm a lot. I'm a lot. <laughs> mm, a lot. Okay. <laughs> all all of that sound is uh, intriguing to me. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So where are you? Where were you born and raised? Detroit, Detroit. Yes, I was born okay. um, in Detroit, uh, on the west side of Detroit, on the streetcar Archdale okay. between Plymouth and Chicago. Okay. All right. Yeah. So people that watch us outside of Michigan, um, when Detroiters tell them tell people that they're from Detroit, they have to tell them which side they're from. You know, <laughs> I'm from the east side, and the east side I always get the bad rep. all of the derogatory things (laughs) you can think of they talk about eastsiders and the funny thing is they they think they're insulting us but we actually take those things as compliments (laughs) but but let us move on so you're from the west side of detroit Detroit. what schools did you attend i went to um coolidge elementary i wonder if that's who's still there coolidge um and i would say my high school I went to Cody, Cody High School, and then I went on to um, go to Wayne State, and that's when I moved to the East Side. So the East Side is not that bad. Um, when I went to Wayne State, okay, Wayne State University, and you went on and graduated from Wayne State uh, University, and then what happens after that? After Wayne State, so I went to Wayne State, uh, Wayne State for my uh, undergrad. So my bachelor's in science, and then um, I was in a program for occupational therapy, and that's where I got my master's degree. And um, I kind of entered the workforce at that time. Yeah, and you and I have a mutual friend, and that's how we were able to get you to come on to the podcast. Let's shout her out real quick. Tia, Tia, break bread, 246. (laughs) Yes, uh, Natia McClendon, um, I brought her on as an interview as well. 
um, but real good friend that I met over at Robichaud High School. We still keep in touch. And so we thank her for plugging Latasha Allen with us. All right. So let's get into this. My first question is, what in the world is occupational therapy? <laughs> mm, I should really ask you, what do you think occupational therapy is? Can I can I do that? Can I pivot back to you and ask you what you think? Oh, I like this. <laughs> I like this. And, and I must say you got the got that voice, that rasp in it. It's almost like you can you can do this thing right here. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit, a little bit. <laughs> so if I was guessing, you know, as a teacher, I uh try to teach my students to look for the root word. Right. So in occupational, I see occupation. Mm-hmm. And in therapists, I see therapy. Mm-hmm. So my guess would be you give therapy to people at their occupation. Good, good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> yes. Um, it's funny because sometimes when I go to my patients and I, you know, introduce myself as an occupational therapist, they're like, I don't need help with no job. It's like, no, no, no. It's it's not that. <laughs> um so basically when you think about occupational therapy, I would say think about your day from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep. And so that is when you get out of bed in the morning, um, when you go use the bathroom, um, when you brush your teeth, when you put on your clothes, when you take your shower, when you transfer into your car, when you do your job, uh, when you come home, when you go grocery shopping, when you cook your food, when you mow your lawn. Um, So it's all encompassing all of those things. Um, but on a basic mm-hmm. scale, on a, on, a, on, a, on a smaller scale, we have something called ADLs. And that is the toileting, grooming, um, bathing. And then we have something called IADLs. And that are the more advanced things like taking care of people or cooking um, and cleaning. And so when people have, um, I don't want to say catastrophic, but catastrophic events such as a stroke or a traumatic brain injury, mm-hmm. Um, you lose those skills. Uh, sometimes it's immediate. You lose those skills because of mm-hmm. the result of the injury. And so what I do is I come in and I teach you how to regain those skills, either through exercising and getting you to be able to do them as you were before, or through some compensatory okay. strategies to teach you how to do them. So that's that's OT. Yeah, man, you better flex those words. <laughs> So right, we're going right. to break it down because, you know, we, we're going out to common folk. So what's an ADL? An ADL, um, again, it's kind of the basic things would be like toileting, grooming, dressing. So putting on a shirt, putting on your pants, um, using the bathroom, wiping yourself. Um, just those things that I feel like we really take for granted. And that's why my job is so rewarding because I'm meeting people at a very vulnerable state. Um, and being able to teach them mm-hmm. all things that, again, we take for granted. You know, we just pop up in the morning and we do those things and we don't realize how certain um, diseases um, not maintained uh, or certain things like a car accident can just really change our lives. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm meeting people at that vulnerable state mm-hmm. and just teaching them how to regain those things back, either through getting them strong enough to do it like they did before or uh, teaching them some compensatory strategies. And it also... Um, I don't have any experience in PEDS, but OT is also, um, we focus on PEDS where you have children with autism or with physical disabilities. So we really include a lot of parenting on that and teaching uh, parents how to um, work with their little ones through some of their developmental delays and things like that. So it most definitely, um, and we do a little bit of mental health as well um, when it comes to running groups. 
Uh, you can talk to um, some of those individuals about kind of like how to plan their life and teaching them about hygiene management and about getting back out into the work field, you know, writing resumes. So it's a lot of different um, areas of OT where you can work. I typically work with physical patients with physical disabilities. Okay. Yeah. So I got OT down. That's occupational therapy. I was asking, I guess I'm going to try to ask the question a little better this time. Is ADL like an abbreviation or am I hearing that differently? I'm sorry. It's activities of daily living. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, it's all right. It's all right. So ADL <laughs> is activity of daily living. Yes. And IADL is instrumental activities of daily living, or sometimes they call them AADLs, advanced activities of daily living. Yeah. 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 You know, I don't know how it is when you you've been in the profession, you get five plus years, you get veteran, you start tossing those words around and those abbreviations around like it's common. You, do. you know, we do that. I think education is the the master of that. You know, we got all kind of PDs and uh, we used to say uh, AYP and all kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, we just want to educate our common listener. All right. So occupational therapy. Wow. Uh, that's a lot. It sounds like pretty much everything you do falls under occupational therapy. It does. It does. <laughs> therapy for all therapy all right so what 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 drew you to this i mean this seems to be um you know it's an important work but it seems to be a nuanced work so so what drew you into occupational therapy originally i had thought about getting into nursing originally um for me it was always about working with people I'm a people's person. I'm a talker. And I really like to engage. And, um, you know, being at Wayne State, my parents were not as educated. Right. And they really kind of pushed education and just really valued education, even though they were not as educated when it came to like higher level, obviously graduating from high school. And so it was really just about like, mm-hmm. we want you to go to school. We want you to get an education. We want you to get a degree from college. Mm-hmm. And so um, for me, it was like, OK, I want to help people. So I want to be a nurse. I know I want to help people. I know I want to be a nurse. And um, doing some of those courses, I ran into a young lady. I'll never forget her. Her name was Brenda Fathala. And uh, she was my study uh, partner in biology. And we were thinking about nursing. And um, she ended up coming to me and was like, hey, I found out about this really cool career. I want you to look into it. I think you would like it. And I started doing the research. And I think what drew me to occupational therapy was the one-on-one time you get to spend with uh, patients. Um, Working now alongside nurses, I mean, they're excellent, right? I just, uh, nurses now in this day and time with COVID, what they do, the work that they do is um, there is not even enough money to pay them for what they do, right? But one thing that I see as a nurse is with the caseload, you don't really get to have that one-on-one time intricate time with their patients. Um, And for me, Mm -hmm. I get a 60 minute session with a patient where I can sit down in the room and talk to them about what they used to do, how long they used to be married and really get a chance to know them. And that really helps to foster Mm -hmm. a good relationship. They trust me and it's a lot easier to get them to do the things that become very hard, very difficult 
And so when I was doing the research for occupational therapy, I think that was a drawing line for me, just kind of that one-on-one time that we get to spend with our patients. Um, and then it was just a variety of um, different places where you could work, nursing home, school, uh, mental health facility, hospital, home care. Same thing with nursing too, but I just felt like it gave me a variety, but it also gave me some of that really good personal time with the patients that I don't think nurses get a chance to, to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. It, it kind of it drew you there because of that intention that you were able to give to specific sure. individuals and not have to worry so much about so much about moving to the next yeah. um, client, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that in the nursing field, we have a pretty good representation of blacks and spe- specifically black women. Mm-hmm. But how about an occupational therapy? Is that a commonplace where you see uh, a nice a representation of us or no? No. I mean, I've been doing it almost 12 years and I have ran across a lot of uh Black um, African-Americans in occupational therapy. So I have had that experience. It was actually this year where I ran into um, my first uh, Black occupational therapy assistant. It was a male, uh, my first time in in, in 11 plus years. Um, At Wayne State, I was the only uh, Black therapist student, but I had the director of the program and the coordinator were actually Black women. And so it was really good having okay. them here. I felt that I seen some of that representation and I felt like throughout the whole program, it was really good. I felt like I was making them proud to mm-hmm. be part of the program and to excel in the program. So um, it's not a lot of representation um, in occupational therapy, uh, but I have came across a lot of really great African-Americans throughout my years of being there, but we are most definitely the mm-hmm. Did that present any kind of challenges for you um, getting into that field? And so part of it was when you were studying, you were the only black. And we always notice when we're the only black. Certainly it helped having the professors there. Right. Mm-hmm. But you get into the field, you don't see us around. Uh, did that present some kind of challenges for you? Yes, but in ways that. Mm-hmm. Being a single mom, so I have to insert this here, I feel like being a single mom and being a professional, I think I feel a little bit of more pressure to be like, okay, I'm educated. And I kind of put that out there a lot for people. And they're like, oh, I'm a single mom. Um, and it's weird mm-hmm. because I feel like people are wow. probably judging me because, you know, you're working mm-hmm. in this in this profession where you are a minority and then you're a minority and you're a single mom. I think that plays on me a little bit more as a minority than it did before I became a single mom, right? Which is so weird. Um, I always felt really confident Mm. in doing it because I love what I do. So I didn't Mm. really walk around. I knew that it was, you know, I was the only, that that I was a minority, but I didn't feel as much pressure about being the minority until I became a single mom. I don't know if that makes sense, but I feel like that's where I felt it more. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Well, it's that extra, extra stigma. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, being minoritized, you get the stigma. So just you're black, you're minoritized. That's a stigma. Black woman, no double stigma. Right. And black single woman, 
that's the triple. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Because people uh, always see me and they're like, oh, you know, when I say something about my kids, like, so where's your husband? Right. So I think I'm mm-hmm. it's like I've crossed that barrier of being an educated woman. So they automatically assume that. And that's what I'm like, oh, am I really am mm-hmm. I representing our people good? So that's where you're right. It's kind of like that extra stigma for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I got I got questions about that. I'll ask off off the recording. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, let's move on. Um, So some challenges that you face and seems like the challenges were more internal, right? Society's placing them on you, but you're fighting them off internally. For sure. For sure. How did you how how do you overcome those those challenges? By doing the same thing, I tell my son, giving myself some affirmation, most definitely. my relationship with God and having a therapist, <laughs> having a therapist, <laughs> right? A uh, therapist you know, with I'm, a therapist, huh? That's right. That's right. I'm so excited. And I look Do forward to you hire yourself for that job or you, you no, you, like a mental you go outside the house, like a mental health therapist, <laughs> you know, having someone you can go to and really kind of talk about those things that um, we really deal with internally. And I think that, you know, walking through that, talking through that, healing from that. Um, someone once told me, you can't heal what you don't speak. And so speaking to someone mm, about that, wow. you heal. So for sure, talking to a therapist about it. But I ran across um, across a lot of great people in this profession. I will say, you know, when we hear a lot about successful people who make a lot of money talking about, oh, you don't need education because you can do it this way. Like it just burns me up inside. Yeah. Education yeah. is more than just what we make. It's who we encounter. Yes. And then it it it, it becomes who yes. we are, right? So through yeah. this field of educating myself and being a minority, I've been able to cross paths with a lot of a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds. And I think it's those yeah. those relationships that have allowed me to be who I am today. And you just you, yeah. you can't put a value on education. It's so much more than you know, yeah. make so. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, you know, when you get an uneducated person with a platform, that's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, if we if we let money be the the indicator of all things successful, um, that's also dangerous. You know, and a lot of times those two come hand in hand. Yeah. Right. Sure. All right. So, ten plus years in the game of occupational therapy. You also do a little entrepreneurial stuff on the side. We'll get to that in a second. Okay. But knowing what you know now, right? And I and I love asking this question because it's twofold. I'll give you the twofold after you answer. Okay. But knowing what you know now, right? Tasha Allen, 10 plus years OT. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. She deal, she's dealt, she's dealt with ADLs and IADLs. She know all that stuff like the back of her hand. What advice would you give to the young Tasha Allen 10 plus years ago? What are some advice you would give her? That's a good one. I would say to have a little bit more fun. I'm so goal-driven sometimes and so oriented mm-hmm. on the things that I want to do. And um I just start traveling maybe five, six years ago. I feel like I could have traveled a little bit more. I was so focused on my goals. And I think, 
in some way that, you know, that is where I am, where I am today, but to have a little bit more mm-hmm. fun. Um, mm-hmm. Because now being a mom, you know, it's a pivot, it's a shift. And I, and I do those things now. I still yeah. travel now, I still make the time now, but to have a little bit more fun, for sure. Just traveling. Um, mm-hmm. My favorite place, my happy place is the beach. And so if I would have just spent more yeah. time just traveling to more beaches, um, just to have a little bit more fun, uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, yeah. And that's an Apple stock. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yes, indeed. You know, Bitcoin. So, you know, if I could, right. So just investing. But and I Doge. To have a little bit more fun. And I would say to start my physical health journey a lot earlier, like my physical health and my self-care journey, right? I think when you're younger and you're having fun and you're doing things, um, you know, it's fashion. It's like, you know, you want to be, you know, you want to be fashionable. That was the thing. But the things like, you know, massages and facials and, you know, self-care Sunday and, um, you know, things like that, you know, going to the gym, just getting accustomed to taking care of myself when I was younger, you know, when the six pack was there, when mm-hmm. you can wear the two piece swimsuit, you know, you know, so <laughs> those things were easier, just kind of making that a part of my lifestyle. And I think that it mm-hmm. would have helped me in, 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 in some component today, for sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 So the, the twofold to it is, um, you know, it gets to show what you've learned in a way, kind of retroly going back and looking and saying the things that you you've acquired wisdom wise, but also again, as an educator, I always think about if somebody young ever picks up a dripping in black podcast, can they gain something from that person that's uh, telling their story? And, you know, if somebody is out there thinking about occupational therapy or, you know, nursing in general, uh, can they gain something from that, that conversation? So, so thank you for that. So, I think my next question is, so you've been in the game for 10 plus years. What's next for you? Oh, man, I was just talking to, um, so at my current job, I am a field field work coordinator, coordinator, meaning that um, students who are still um, in school and they have to complete some of their field work, um, I am the coordinator that kind of places them with other therapists or myself, I'm always taking students and I'm taking on a few uh, new students, a few new universities. Um, And I was just talking to one of the professors about what I'm looking for. So a few things now that I've had a lot of experience being an OT, I really want to dip into more of the educator side of it. I have been talking about kind of what my long-term goal would be, and it would be to be an educator. And so I'm looking into getting my postgraduate degree. So that's one of the things Mm -hmm. that I am looking into doing. Um, Doing more advocacy. We have a Michigan chapter of um, occupational therapy, and I I haven't joined. So that's going to be something that I'm doing for uh, 2022. I was going to say, like, wow, these years are just going past so fast. Um, as well as some nonprofit work that I want to get into. Um, so I'm excited about that. But as you probably already know, I have my business that I would like to really push a little bit more this year. So just really um, looking at some goals, challenging myself um, as a professional um, to see what I want to do, but also just thinking about how I can take OT and give give back. So yeah, that's where I am. Yeah. I have a few goals, yeah. 
Yeah. So let's let's jump into this business, because I think this is a real clever idea from occupational therapists. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your business. What is it? My business is called Healthcare Apparel. Mm-hmm. Before COVID, it was something that I was thinking about. Um, it's based off of the Bible verse uh, from Ecclesiastes 4.9. And it says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Um, I put that on my vision board for my husband. Uh, <laughs> but I also, my <laughs> future husband. What? what? <laughs> Gotta be honest. So my future Two are better than one? Man that's on your vision day. board for your that's husband? Okay. Yeah. You know, people always tend to do the whole love thing, but that's on my vision board. What I love about that Bible verse, it rings so true. Um, even when you think about friendships, for instance, you know what Tia did for me, two is just always better than one. The the word says that. And then it goes on to say a cord um, of three cannot easily be broken, obviously adding God into the mix. But what I thought about is, so these patients, when I sit in their rooms and I talk to them, I feel like we get so much more done because of the bond that I share with my patients. I'm very passionate. I'm a passionate person. You can ask my friends, but I'm a passionate therapist. Um, and so when you think about two, so I, I think about the relationship that I develop with my patients and I feel like because they trust me, because they see that I'm authentic, because they see that I'm confident, um, I think we can get more done. Right. And it's because I care about them, mm-hmm. it's because I am understanding their vulnerability. It's because I am have knowledge about, you know, their diagnosis, disease, that because of that, we bring it together and I feel like we're more successful. But what happened what made me really just jump into it is in COVID at the hospital, when you have these patients and they can't see their loved ones, it's just you two. Mm-hmm. So there's no, you know, daughter, there's no son coming in advocating, asking questions. It's just you and that patient. Mm-hmm. They're scared. You're scared. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're scared. What if I get COVID being in here? They're scared because yeah. they're in there by themselves. And it's like, you know, you come in a room and you're a light. And I'm not saying that at all, taking any glory, it's all God's glory, but you're a light for them. And they're like, okay, we're in this thing. You know, I'm in there, I'm sweating, giving them, you know, showers, but it's like, we're in this thing. And so it really made me really Mm. push forward to start this business. And so healthcare apparel is on the foundation of two is better than one. And it's not just occupational therapists that have this light that bring that work with you know, patients, it's nurses, it's physical therapists, it's uh, speech language pathologists, it's physician assistants, it's mm. physicians, it's um, patient care techs, it's seen us, it's all of us, you know, from the medical field, it's, you know, dental hygienists, it's dentists, because the minute that you sit down with somebody that's allowing you to come in and treat them when they're most vulnerable, it, it, it takes two. And so it was um, built mm-hmm. off of that uh, Bible verse. And I started off with just a few disciplines, mugs, um, T-shirts, and stickers that you can also use as magnets. And I started that this year. And it has been a mm-hmm. blessing, but it has taught me a lot. A whole okay. lot. <laughs> that is, that is, that's yeah. their pill. Yeah. Okay. So you have your uh, online novelty mm-hmm. uh, apparel business and we can go on there and find what kind of things again you said t-shirts mugs are there sayings on there there are 
Yeah. So one of the things, and I don't want to give it away, but I'm gonna give it away. So one thing that I noticed <laughs> <laughs> when we, as professionals, right. And you probably can attest to this. So when, as a professional, when you want to go out and you want to get this novelty stuff of like, you know, as a, a teacher or as a educator, um, you find that a lot of times when you buy these novelty clothes, it's always big and bold, right? It's big and bold. And what yeah. I wanted to do was kind of start off with a design that was kind of simplistic. So when you do go to these conferences mm-hmm. or you go, you know, you know, for a nightcap and you want to kind of wear your educator shirt or your occupational therapy shirt, uh-huh. it's something nice and quaint mm-hmm. that you can put on with a blazer or with sweats or mm-hmm. your, um, mm-hmm. Uh, scrubs that we wear every day. So you'll actually see on the website where um, as I modeled some of the stuff, you can kind of see that you can wear some of this apparel um, in different facets. It doesn't always have to be, you know, as you wear a hoodie and your leggings or your jeans and your Tims, you know, coming from Detroit. So I wanted to just do something that was a little bit more versatile when I started off with some of the apparel. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's a dope, dope concept. I think how how is that going so far? How long has it been up and and running? How long and how how well is it going so it far? It will be a year in January, and I'll be honest wow. to say, I started off and it was a hit. Um, a lot of support, a lot of support from um, mm. my colleagues and uh, coworkers, and just other people that I've met throughout mm. the profession. But I will say that just pushing it on. Instagram and social media has been a significant challenge for me. So I still do a lot of sales outside of that. And I'll tell you why. Um, The whole posting and I know it's really big (laughs) through the TikTok. It's just, I can't Mm -hmm. bring myself to do it. I'm a talker. (laughs) I'd rather just get on a platform and tell you about Mm -hmm. and my passion comes from speaking and so that's yeah. the challenge for me. And it's funny because I had my own personal page and then I opened up the professional page. Right. And so, you know, you got your, mm-hmm. your, your personal page and you got your friends and, you know, people know you and they engage. And then you have your professional page where you are yeah. you know, friend requesting people in this profession and you don't know them. And, you know, you're like a novice to this. And even though I've been doing this a long time, you know, I'm on the platform with people who have, you know, 20,000 followers and they've been a therapist for two years. And you're like, you know, and and so it's a different it's a different space for me that I have to Mm -hmm. learn and navigate, but also be true to myself. Mm -hmm. Right. I want to still be true to who I am and what's always important. And I. You know, I know that it's not the end of this podcast, but things like this and giving me this platform to talk about it, I appreciate this because I feel comfortable doing this. Um, Obviously, I feel comfortable speaking with you, but this is where I feel comfortable about talking about therapy and about healthcare apparel and, you know, what I'm doing and what this brand is about. Um, Just speaking about it. um, I feel more that this is more authentic to me. Yeah. Thank you for that. Man, it's a, it's it's a it's a lot there. Um, again, it's always for me a, a window in to thinking about if someone else is listening, what can they glean from this? And to think about, you know, you 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 start a business. There's some challenges along the way, but you know, you keep kind kind of learning as you go and persevering. That's that's what I hear about that story. Can you uh, drop the website where they can check out your apparel? So it's healthcare apparel, LLC.com is where you can uh, find me. And I'm also on Instagram as well. 
Okay. Thank you got an Instagram pill. handle for us. So it's Healthcare Pill um, LLC at Instagram. Yes, yes. No, it's Healthcare Pill dot LLC. Yes, you had to put the dot LLC on Instagram. Okay. Yep. And any other uh, social media with that or? Is that no, it? that's my only professional one um, that I, again, as I go into 2022, as I talk to you a lot about what I'm going to be doing with some of my goals for, you know, um, occupational therapy and as being a therapist, I'm going to just really shift more to that. Uh, I've been doing a little bit of a fast from social media a little bit, besides the fact that my son turned one and I wanted to showcase that off. That was really important to me. (laughs) But I find that it takes up a lot of my personal time. And I just told myself that if I can't give that time to my profession and what I'm trying to do for my business, I need to scale back a little bit. Um, my life is really cool with friends and family. So I really want to kind of pivot and shift more to the professional side. So I want to start engaging more on that platform, on healthcare, healthcare mm-hmm. apparel platform, because that's what I want to start focusing on. Like, you know, those are my goals. Yeah. And one thing I will say to the listeners, you know, when you, I was thinking about when we make, um, vision boards, right? And we make vision boards and you put down healthcare apparel successful money and then it happens and they do all of the work and you do all of the legwork for it to happen. And, you know, people come and they buy the merchandise, merchandise and everything is hot. And then all of a sudden things slow down. It's a very humbling thing, right? To have to now go back out and post again, or now go back out and, you know, run a sale and now go back and say, Hey, I know you said you wanted to buy if you were still interested. So that entrepreneurship for me is very humbling. And it's a space that you really kind of have to submerge yourself into it if you want to be successful. And now when I look at those people and they talk about like, it was hard to get here. I understand that. And it's real work that you have to do and you have to be intentional. And so um, that's the space that I'm in is trying to be intentional about what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, where I'm posting, how I'm posting. So. Yeah. 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 And I always think with this platform, as our platform begins to grow, our audience begins to grow Mm -hmm. and we bring people on who have uh, goals in mind and, you know, next levels they're trying to get to Mm -hmm. in what ways can our audience support them? in attaining their next goal. So, you know, you have a a worldwide audience here. What are some things tangibly this audience can do to support you? I would say probably specifically, right, with the the online novelty wear. I would say, you know, just go check it out. Um, Check out the story. Um, Now you know about occupational therapy. You know about the person. You know the passion behind it. especially for people who are not in the profession. So um, you see that I talk a lot about the OT, the PT. I have pieces for those, but I also have shirts and mugs for people who um, are caregivers to loved ones or who've been impacted by Mm -hmm. occupational therapy. And so that's why I wanted to make sure that I had um, merchandise that specifically have the Bible verse. So for people who believe, who um, know what it means to, you know, when two get together, you know, they can do more. So for sure. So it's not just something that healthcare professionals can benefit from and support, but also those people who have benefited from healthcare professionals caring for their loved ones or have benefited themselves from healthcare professionals. Um, Whether it's a, you know, um, profession that they see on the side or not. So I'm hoping to be able to add more professions as um, 
I progress and as I grow for sure. Wow. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I, I have every confidence that you will. I, the passion comes through, um, you know, I think in this, in this short episode, and uh, this is my first time meeting you, uh, the passion is there. And uh, to me, that's what successful people have in common. They have a passion and that passion is their driving force. All right. So now we have arrived at the most important question, mm-hmm. right? You ready for it? I'm ready. Let me drink my water. <laughs> Wait, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drink your water. You know, I, I know I've been, you know, giving you some softball questions and you've been knocking them out the park, but now here comes the tough one. Okay. All right. So have you ever been on the cover of a magazine? I have been in a magazine. <laughs> um, okay. And I have been, uh, I've gotten a big achievement at my hospital. So there was a link on the website for something that I did. And I have also been in a magazine. Yes. Okay. So you've been in a magazine and you've been recognized for the fabulous fabulous work that you're doing um in your profession but not a cover just yet not just yet okay well one of the things that we like to do at, here at dripping in black is we like to aim to please and so for every guest that comes on we place them on the cover of our magazine the dripping in black magazine and so my producer s squared sean smith is going to give you a look at yours. Uh, it'll be popping oh up here. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that is beautiful. <laughs> wow. Okay. I so love that. that is also a parting gift that we wow. actually laminate, print out, and send to our guests as a thank you for coming on to the Dripping in Black podcast. I and I don't know if you can see that. these covers over my shoulders. I can. But several of our guests from uh primarily from the first season are represented on the wall of fame back there. So that's where that. our copy will head back there of you, but we'll get that out to you. I love that. <laughs> that is yep. dope. so you have been on a magazine cover now. Yes, check. Yeah, I, I see many more in your future. Uh, that's just me. <laughs> that's awesome. You know, I have to tell yeah. you this on my vision board. Um, <laughs> I have the Jet Magazine. You know where they had Beauty mm. of the Week. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And 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 I loved it. Yeah, I think I grew up. I grew up like, on the Beauty of the Week. Did you? <laughs> so that to me, yes, that's indeed. Horrible. That that. <laughs> That most definitely is, I, I attribute what you all are doing to that, to mm-hmm. Black excellence. And so for me, that's an accomplishment. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. I'm excited and I thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the pleasure is all ours. We want to thank Latasha Allen, occupational therapist and entrepreneur for stopping by the Dripping in Black podcast and sharing yet another fantastic true story of black excellence with us thank you tasha i thank you for having me today yeah we'll ask our audience to hang on from the final segment the last drip but thanks again to latasha allen
Up next, the last drip. But first, a message from Anchor. A dripping in black thanks to Latasha Allen. We wish her continued success and growth in all of her future pursuits in occupational therapy and as an entrepreneur. However, we have reached the final segment of our podcast called The Last Drip. The Last Drip is the last opportunity for us to squeeze in a bit more Black excellence for you. In this final segment, we highlight a common thread between our guests and our vast and rich African-American history. For this episode, we include the story of a modern-day forerunner in the field of occupational therapy named Wimberly Edwards. Wimberly was born and raised in Harlem. In 1956, she earned her bachelor's in occupational therapy from New York University. From 1958 to 1969, Wimberly worked at Montefiore Hospital and Medical Center, where she rose from senior occupational therapist to chief of occupational therapy. In 1973, Wimberly earned her master's in occupational therapy from Boston University. In 1974, she helped to develop the Black Occupational Therapy Caucus. The Black Occupational Therapy Caucus was founded to provide professional support and networking opportunities for Black occupational therapist practitioners. Edwards also co-founded the Occupational Therapy Program at York College, and she was a professor there for 25 years. Edwards held a variety of leadership positions throughout her time at York College until she retired in 1999. The work and legacy of Wimberly Edwards is ongoing, and it continues to play a major role in creating more opportunities for Black students and practitioners of occupational therapy. And it's because of her great impact that she is this episode's last drip. For more on Wimberly Edwards, check out otcentennial.org and nbotc.wildapricot.org. My thanks to both of these websites for the knowledge. A friendly reminder that the DIBK Drip Shop is open. Go to DIBKDripShop.com to get the latest Dripping in Black merch. As always, a huge thanks to all of our listeners, viewers, supporters, and subscribers. And a big shout out to the best producer in the podcast game, Sean Smith, a.k.a. S-Square. And until next time, be kind, be loving, and be excellent on purpose. It is a choice. You have just experienced a Dripping in Black production.